And now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up this hour on today's experience. It's wild and wonderful. What's going to happen? We have no idea. So let's sit back and enjoy the ride. Can I get a Wowser Bowser Wednesday? Because God is in charge of this crazy bus called the Christian Journey. First, let's understand the expression. Expression. I can talk. I don't mind, which we use in our society. You ever heard that? I don't mind. I don't mind. It most often means it doesn't bother us. So what? You got chicken for dinner instead of fish. Well, that's okay. I don't mind. What that communicates is that we don't lodge this into our minds or our thinkings in such a way as to disturb us. Some things we should install in our minds. Some things we should not. We are the guardians of what lodges or lives within our minds. The scriptures charge us with this responsibility. There are no escapes or excuses. God requires safe thinking from all of his children. Next, so brothers and sisters, where are our minds? With all the influences roaming on earth, and the enemy of God's people roaming against us, we need to be careful what kind of food we let into our minds. To a minor degree, a daily Armageddon occurs between our left and right ear every day. Whichever influence we receive and lodge into our minds, we support. We abandon whatever influences we reject and remove them from our minds, whether good or bad. We need to be aware we're doing this every day. Day. And finally, the key to the personal daily Armageddon war in our minds is understanding where are the warfares. And by this, what I'm trying to say is we seek to identify the location of our where our thinking supports it. Are we fixated on the here and now, or are we fixated on the then or later? Jesus said there is only one correct answer. Jesus asked Martha, just as uh, Martha and Mary, the, the sisters were focusing on the now, Martha was missing it, and Mary nailed it down. Jesus said she was getting it. The only question I'm asking is, do we get it? David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ, and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM, and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. You know, you'd never think that when I do those intros, I write every one of those fresh every day, and you think they'd all make sense? (laughs) Ha! That's so much. Okay. Uh, Back to what the show is about. (laughs) Lessons for surviving, living, and prevailing. Politics, entertainment, and current events. Personal revelations. Spiritual observations. My life's insanities and oive. So much more. Hey, hey, hey. We're asking you, what do you think? Well, you can reach us by email. It does work, really. David at hemustincrease.org. David at hemustincrease.org. You can text us during the show live, 214-210-8483. 
If you text me and ask me what the ingredients are for a Boston cream pie, I will not be able to help you. I just don't. I would eat a piece. I just can't help you get the ingredients. Uh, also, you can call us, 972-445-0770. When you call 972-445-0770, something amazing happens. You know what that amazing is? You get to talk to Amazing Jen. And you know what that's like? A 30-minute back rub. Ho, ho, ho. And then you will feel Amazing. Now, how good is that, right? A 30-minute background, right? We need one of those chairs in here where you just plug it in and push the button and just... Okay, we'll uh, we'll tell Don about that. Okay, okay. You know, what he'll probably do is get us a, a pink ping-pong balls and just say, just uh, roll on those. Okay, there you go. That's all we're going to get from Don on that one. All right, bottom line is this. We want you to be able to reach out to us. Maybe it's a prayer request. Maybe it's a praise report. Maybe we're going to answer trivia. Maybe you got something you just want to share. Something's going on, and the Lord has uh, put it on your heart. The big thing about it, the biggest thing about it, is to encourage one another. And why is it important to encourage one another? Have you stepped outside? <laughs> Have you looked outside? Have you driven your car down the road? That's why. <laughs> I'm not even going to defend it. Just look around. I think pretty much most people get it. The goal here is to encourage and bless and strengthen and be a help to one another and also help each other understand what the word has to say. And here's your first trivia. What is the name of the disciple who took care of Jesus's mother after his death? Who did Jesus appoint to do that? If you think you know the answer... You can call in 972-445-0770. You can also text in to 142108483 or send an email david at he must increase.org. We will now do our DNA since I didn't get it done before. D stands for draw closer to the Lord. Daily. Daily. Every day. We're not talking the daily planet. We're talking daily in your life. Okay. N, never be ashamed of Jesus or his words, ever, 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 never, 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 never. And A, always be ready. To serve. To serve, which means that, guess what? Other people matter. That's what it is. Other people matter. And what that really is saying is a little less selfishness and a little more selflessness. That would be the goal, okay? All right, back to the trivia question. Now, you don't have to do this perfectly, and, you know, again, odds are, out of this one, it's only one out of 11. <laughs> See, the one last one was one out of 12. This is one out of 11. What is the name of the disciple who took care of Jesus' mother after his death? Remember, Jesus on the cross looked at one of his disciples and said, behold your son, behold your mother. Who is he talking about? If you think you know, 972-445-0770. Also, you can text 214-210-8483 or send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. I want to pray for the audience if that's okay. Well, I'm not asking, so. But I'm just telling you so you know what's coming. Uh, and I just want to pray uh, that we are firm in our faith. Because I, I, you, you look around and you see there's a lot of squishy. And it's like squishy is, uh, is great if you're looking for a sponge or something along those lines. It's just not great for faith. 
So let's pray. Father, we come before you right now. We thank you and praise you for the graces and the goodnesses and the mercies and the kindnesses and the, the love that you have shown to each one of us. We are worthy of none of it, and thank you for all of it. And Lord, sometimes even in our own faith, in our own situations, with our family and other people, we can tend to be squishy. And Lord, help us to be less squishy. Help us to be firm in the faith, immovable, immovable, faithful, and diligent before you, standing firm continually in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. All right, so that's for all of us who have those squishy moments. I have them. Everybody has them. All right. Uh, you should see how squishy I am when it comes to me wanting to talk about certain things. <laughs> I'm really nice about it. Uh, somebody ready to answer the trivia question? Okay, let's send him on through. Knock, knock. This is David. Who am I talking to? We're talking to Deborah. Hi, Deborah. How are you? Hi, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. I want I want Easton to be better. It just it's the as as you know, as you've been listening to the show for a while, it's this long, long, long process, and you just want the Lord to go ding, he's healed. But the answer thus far is no, so we'll just keep asking and keep praying that the Lord strengthen and bless him and give Julianne and Jared a lot of uh, uh, stamina, because that's, I can't think of it. Yeah, God bless you. I, I understand, and I yeah. pray for y'all, too. Yeah, I mean, that's, she's just, she's a great Christian. She's a better Christian than I ever was, I can tell you that. Uh, that's pretty good. Uh, all right, ready? What is the name of the disciple who took care of Jesus' mother after his death? Um, was it John? That is correct, Amanda! Jesus looked at John and said, behold your mother. Looked at his mother and said, behold your son. It's like, people are like, what? And what's amazing that you don't get a lot of commentary in is that Jesus had brothers, right? And it's like, yeah, I want this guy to be watching after you. I'm the eldest son. I'm in charge, and I'm pointing to him. It's like, wow. <laughs> that is powerful stuff right there. Excellent job. Yeah, you know, I just wanted to make a comment. I was listening to the show yesterday, and it was so good to hear Mary. I had been wondering how she was doing, and she sounded really good, didn't she? Yeah, yeah, she did. And I don't know when she is or isn't going to call, so it's kind of like... <laughs> never know <laughs> so when she calls it's like you're you're still with us yes you know it's like it's kind of that attitude, right and it's like it's a blessing to hear from her from, from from some of the people that you don't get to hear from when we like when we get to hear from ace or when we get to hear from gary and just different people we love these people these are great great people and i agree with you it was a blessing to hear from her definitely all right well thank you and y'all have a good day all right god bless you god bless bye-bye all right that's right. We have fun. We're normal people. That's right. You could be Christian normal. Is there a Christian normal? I don't know. All right. Ready? All right. Ready? All right. Let me read this passage. We're not going to spend a lot of time on it because I'm already like 30 seconds away from where I'm supposed to exit. But just hang in there because what else you got to do? If you're in traffic, where are you going? Not going anywhere. Relax. And stop trying to get in front of that car. Just relax. Take a deep breath. All right, uh, Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your heart on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. This is for sure the challenge of our uh, decade, the challenge of our 
uh, generation and the challenge, I would think, even of our uh, not just our generation, but I think of the century. And, and, and it would be easy to say that it's super duper duper easy to get caught up on everything around us. It just is. And we get so much of our we give so much of our energy, so much of our time, so much of our ugh, right to these things. And these things, it's not that they're all bad to do that. So don't get weird on me or something like that. But they drain us from a faith perspective. I understand we have to do our jobs. I understand we have to do our take care of our responsibilities. I get that. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not denying that. I'm not uh, saying anything against that. It's just that some of these things can become so draining towards our faith that the scriptures say, you know, you have to take time and separate your mind and your heart to put it in heaven and not just think of everything here on earth. I've mentioned this before. I'll mention it again. That, you know, I did uh, when I was a younger boy, I had these uh, psych tests. You ever go through these different psych tests they put you through when you're going through college and blah, blah, blah. And uh, so in my earlier days when I was really, really bad, they put me through a psych test. And they said, you're, uh, you're, all, all of these psych tests came out. They said, well, you're, you know, you're just like, you live in the heavenlies. And it's like, Thank you. <laughs> I was so excited. They thought I was a loon. I didn't care. It's like, what do I care? And this was part of the reason why I I had a faith where I told my parents, you don't have a heaven to put me in. And uh, told some of the people, you don't have a heaven to put me in. You don't have a heaven because I want to go to heaven. I mean, that was just my, I, I, I guess I was an end gamer in, in that point. That's not to brag. That's to show that in the realm of the world, they think we can be so heavenly minded to be of no earthly good. And I pray to the Lord God Almighty every single day that every one of you would be exact that way because when it's all said and done after this 90 years what you did here is not the same as what you're laying up treasures for there so set your heart there and recognize and you have to love the bumper stickers you're a visitor you just you just visiting the planet you don't this is not your long-term home this is the this is the bus stop to the destination Get that? All right. We'll take a break, and then we'll come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. What is the David Spoon Experience? Imagine yourself on a rocket ship racing at 1,000 miles an hour into space. Once there... You can sense the power and the presence of the majestic and the divine. You forget about your troubles and your fears, and you just float in peace without a worry in the world. There are no struggles, no pain, no discomfort. It's soothing, calm, comfortable. But then the show starts, and you realize that none of that stuff has anything to do with the show. What were you thinking? The David Spoon Experience, only for the brave of heart and the bored. 
What is the David Spoon experience? So we're going to bring Annika on the phone so she can answer her own trivia question. It's amazing because we had some people uh, able to answer part of the question, the other part of the question, and one person answered both parts of the question. Actually, two people did that, so that would be Joy and and, and Deb. Uh, so Annika, are you there with us? Hello, is this Annika? Yes. Hello. Uh, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. Okay. We took your suggestion and we went with it. <laughs> <laughs> and did you get very many responses? We did. We get a lot. Of, we get a lot of responses. What did it was like multiple in the text? Nobody was going to call in. I think they were all like, ooh, that's a big one. Ooh. <laughs> but I'm going to give you the chance. So I'm going to ask you both questions and let you take the floor and answer the questions. These were the, the trivia question was, who was Jemima's dad? That was the first question. And then the second part of the question is, what does Jemima mean? So let's go first for the dad. Uh, who was Jemima's dad? Her dad was Job, and she was part of his second family that, after his first family was destroyed. That is correct. <laughs> And now for part two. So you're going for a two. You're going for a double. Here you go. And what did her name mean? Okay. According to Cruden's complete concordance, her name means dove, but it's a word of doubtful meaning. So you tell me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. First of all, first of all, the second answer, correctamundo. So you got that correct, too. <laughs> So the only part of the doubtful part is that when uh, when Noah or was Noah was putting stuff out, it's like he didn't know what the animals were going to do and that kind of thing. It's more like uh, just going to throw this out there and hope it works. Uh, so it's more along those lines. But Dove is the correct answer, and it is interesting to think that Job was the father and Dove was the answer, and uh, connected to you know uh, Noah in a certain sense of being rest uh, after that kind of dramatic experience and trial often god brings people when they've gone through something that dramatic rest welcome back to the david spoon experience thank you for joining us here at kwam 770 the truth station here in texas that's kwam 770 the truth station here in texas we're David is going to ask Jennifer to get ready to blow the horn. Now, in this one, we actually have to play it again, believe it or not. That's how big this one is. All right. You have been warned. In what book of the Bible do we find the quotation, God helps those who help themselves? Where is that located? In the Bible, if you think you know, 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483. As well, you can send an email, david at he must org. Okay, there's your opportunity uh, for you to respond. It's trivia. It's important to know trivia in the sense that it helps you know the Bible. We do have somebody that is ready to answer the question. Let's send them on through. Knock, knock. This is David. Who am I talking to? Well, hello, Dr. David Spivin. This is Paul Bowles. 
Bolt, how are you? I'm doing fantastic, Brother Paul Bolt. How are you? I am I am on the upside of getting better. I'm still in recovery mode, but I'm getting better. Well, I want so, everybody I to be praying for you, okay? Everybody needs to be praying for Paul just to just accelerate that process so he can get better faster. That's what we want. Yes. Amen. Yes. Thank you so much. I heard you pray for me several times over the air, and I just, you would... Wouldn't even believe how much I appreciate that, how much it means to me. So thank you so much for that. Well, it's our privilege to bear with you and then also to rejoice with you as you're getting better and better. We just are blessed by that as well. Thank you very much. You got it. All right, well, here you I go. I know exactly where that is in the Bible. Where is that in the Bible? It doesn't exist. That is correct, sir! Yeah! I always feel like a champion when I get it right and all the celebration goes on. <laughs> here's, a great, here's a great thing. So I, I did do this, and I, I've been known to do these kind of things, and I don't think anybody would be that surprised. But So we had the church in Flagstaff, and the church was it was a younger church. There were you know, like a lot of the kids from NAU and so on and so forth. And uh, so I uh, one time I got up there, and I said, turn in the book of, to the book of Hezekiah. And you just should have seen people flipping in their Bibles. And I'm like, there is no book of Hezekiah. That's a king. Right, right. Well, it's a good, it's good teaching. It's good teaching. It, yeah. it helps us learn. Cause, That's the key. You know, key. another thing that uh, a lot of people get confused is that cleanliness is next to godliness. But that's somewhere in there, too. Yeah, yeah, it's another one exactly, and it's like no, that no cleanliness is not this. In fact, right. without godliness, there is no cleanliness. So it's like you know, it's, it's that's like, right. It's going the, all that's these right. things going the wrong to way. God does get you clean. Exactly right. Exactly. Excellent job, my brother. Very, very good. All right, brother. I appreciate you, man, and um, thanks for the opportunity to answer the question. And um, Lord bless you, and keep praying for me. I know there's literally hundreds of people praying for me. And I, and I can feel the prayers. It's happening. God is God is moving in miraculous ways in my life. So I'm coming back. I'm on my way back, and I'm going to come back stronger than ever before. Amen, brother. Amen. I agree with you in Jesus' name. All right. Thank you, brother. Have a blessed day. All right. God bless you. All right. Excellent. I love hearing from I love hearing from all you guys, just to be honest. There's, I mean, there's not a lot of people I don't want to hear from. You know, every once in a while, my son calls and whines, but it's not during the show. So I don't really count that. <laughs> Am I supposed to count that? I don't think so. And then my brother, he calls him wines, but that's okay. All right, so there's three jokes. One's a good line. Nobody's going to miss. These are classic. One of them's a Mark Twain uh, comment. No way to miss this, This because it's really funny. So here you go. Three, really, very fast. Ready? Uh, number one, the first woman. Does your husband ever take advice? The second woman. Occasionally when nobody is looking. Okay, here's a Mark Twain one. One of Mark Twain's best-known remarks is this. When I was a boy of 14, my father was so ignorant I could hardly stand to have the old man around. When I got to be 21, I was astonished at how much he had learned in the last seven years. Say what? <laughs> That's such a good one. <laughs> All right, and here's the last one. And if you get offended at this, oh, well. Savannah and her sister were very, 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 very close, and that allowed them to be honest with each other. One evening, as Savannah prepared for a date, she remarked, I'm fat. No, you're not, her sister scolded. My hair is awful, she said. It's lovely, her sister encouraged. I never looked worse, Savannah whined, and then her sister said, yes, you have. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> okay, Jennifer didn't like that one. <laughs>
right, there you go. Uh, all right, let's go back to this. Here you go. So we got set your heart on things above, right? So, so here's the thing that that is really difficult to do. And I just actually had this conversation with my son this about this verse. 2 Corinthians 5, 7, we live by faith and not by sight. And it's like, okay, but what does that mean? How do you use that? And here's the way that that has to be uh, processed, or not the way, a way that it needs to be processed as well as other ways. And, and how that is, is you and I are supposed to look at things beyond the natural. Now, let me, let me just, uh, I, I, I want to give you every element to understand what Jesus is trying to get us to, where he's trying to get us to. So there's Peter. He's in the boat. Jesus is on the water. Uh, Peter's like, if that's you, let me come out. And Jesus says, fine, come out. Jesus, uh, Peter puts his foot over the edge of the boat, walks on the water. And the Bible says, Peter walked on the water. Jesus is not the only person to walk on water. Peter also walked on the water. Uh, and the idea behind this is to get, to grasp that you can have a vision or a perception that is natural, and that doesn't make it wrong. It's just wrong if it doesn't allow you to operate in a supernatural or faith-oriented picture. And you've heard us say multiple times on the show, you look at the circumstance and by itself it looks ridiculous. But you insert Jesus into it, and it's not the same picture. It changes. I don't care what your circuit. Just take a frame, and in fact, here, here, here. Watch. This is a, a an actual. I don't really give these very often, but here's an actual practical thing to help you with. Okay, go to the mirror and look at the mirror. Okay, now you're gonna see yourself, right? Then, while you're looking in the mirror, pick up the Bible and hold the Bible in the picture with you. Now how does it look? In other words, as soon as you insert God into the picture, it makes a different picture. It changes things. And when we just look in the natural, we can't do things that move to these other places. And if you just think of this life and this earth and this time, you are stuck. To walk by faith and not by sight is to walk not just by what you can see, but to go beyond that and walk with also by what you can believe. So the question is, what can you believe God for? And some of you might be going, well, I don't like that because it kind of puts it back on me. Sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, right? You look at a passage like 2 Timothy 1.7, God's not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And then you, you address the things that you are having a spirit of fear about, and then you look at that and you go, that is because I am walking in the natural. I'm walking by what I see, not by what I can believe. That's why you're afraid. I mean, it, okay, Jesus is standing next to you. Okay, whatever your circumstances, Jesus is standing next to you. You still afraid? <laughs> it's like, no. Why? Well, because he's standing next to me. It's like there's this thing that happens where we we move it up. Well, when you look at something and you don't show Jesus next to you, then it's you by yourself. And that doesn't last very long. It's not very strong. You might get 100 years out of it. I thought we were all looking for billions and billions and billions of years. You know, Carl Sagan, he 
billions and billions and billions of years. I need Jesus in that picture. I can't even do 100 on my own. Okay. We'll take a break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. Don't go anywhere. there. It's Amazing Jennifer, and I am helping out the David Spoon Experience. As you may know, I basically run the KAAM radio station. Amazing! And Dr. Dave is looking for a few good people to join and become representatives, ambassadors, and stewards of this here radio ministry. Now, you may be thinking, well, I'd love to get involved, but I'm not very qualified for ministerial positions. Well, the truth is that because you are a child of our Heavenly Father, that you trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you seek to live by the power of the Holy Spirit, you have all you need to be a part of this ministry. But Jennifer, don't I need to be perfect? (laughs) No. Just go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Click on the three lines at the top right of the website, and then click on the Ambassadors Initiative link. Just fill out the form and we will reach out to you. But sorry, no parking tickets will be paid for you as an ambassador through this position. You are on your own with that. What is the David Spoon experience? Then he says this, don't be afraid. Why should you not be afraid? Because what fear does is immobilizes a person, stops them from moving forward, and it also eats away at faith. Fear has this way. It's kind of like if you think of faith as, uh, I'll do this now, as uh, uh, chocolate ice cream that has peanut butter in it, okay? Uh, That's faith, okay? Fear is like somebody drilling a hole underneath and then taking a little spoon and then pulling some of that faith down, a little scoop by scoop by scoop by scoop. And you don't want your faith reduced because God requires faith to us to engage with him in. That's his requirement. That's the vehicle by which he has chosen to engage with humanity. You don't think God could have said, it's me, you're going to believe, or I'm going to turn you into a fish. I mean, you don't think God could have done that? But he chose the vehicle of faith because that's what he wanted from those that would come to him. A confidence, an assurance in the goodness of God. So Jesus, the first thing he says, ignore it, don't be afraid of it. And then he does this one radically crazy, nutsy, cuckoo line, just believe. And we use that in movies and in books and in fairy tales and all that stuff. We're not talking about any of that stuff. This is believing, looking at a situation just like Abraham did, just like we talked yesterday, how Abraham looked at the circumstance, didn't deny he was old, didn't deny he was past childbearing, and said, I'm just going to believe God anyway. Uh, That attitude of just believe, it's taking a stand in the framework of your faith that says, I'm not moving. Here I am. Call me Bulldog. I'm right here. I'm not going nowhere. My faith is solid. Sometimes Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Boy, that fill really it goes good with this message. So that was really good. If you think about that in faith, that's really 
good job. See, Jennifer doesn't know what I'm teaching on or what's going to happen. So whenever that happens, we just look at that and go, ooh, ah, you know, like fireworks or something. All right. Uh, here you go. How many chapters? Here's your trivia question. How many chapters are in the book of Colossians? Aha! How many chapters are in the book of Colossians? If you think you know, 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483. As well, send an email to David at hemustincrease.org. We're going to send you up to the website, as we often do at this particular time. And remind you there's one thing, because we love to do it, and I love to say it this way. Get ready. Here we go. Many, 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 many. And then other stuff there on the website. Please check out hemustincrease.org. Prayer request? Hemustincrease.org. Praise report? Hemustincrease.org. Looking to give to this ministry? Hemustincrease.org. Confused by what's happening right now? Hemustincrease.org. Hemustincrease.org. What's up, Doc? <laughs> Sorry, I find stuff. People, you know how many times I've heard this, right? I mean, like a hundred, right? It's like, it's funny. That's a lot going on. Yeah. It's so cool, though. It's just, I don't know. More truth in that whole thing you just heard there than there is on ABC, NBC, and CBS put together. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Just gonna leave it there. Uh, don't forget NBC. Uh, no Bible Christians. That's what it stands for. Anyway, uh, how many chapters are there in the Book of Colossians? Uh, if you think you know the answer, this is a lot tougher. I didn't realize that many people didn't know this. So this is something that we're gonna have to we have to work a little bit more on bibliology in order for us to do that. For people like, what's bibliology? That's the study of the Bible, the breakdown of the Bible. Thirty nine in the old, twenty seven in the new. About forty authors spending us amount of time. Maybe we're gonna have to do that. Paupers, kings, everybody wrote. All right, nine seven two four four five zero seven seven zero. That is the number to call if you think you know. Two one four two one zero eight four eight three. That is the text. Text, and then David at he must increase.org. That would be the email to send. How many chapters are there in the book of Colossians? That is the question. In the meantime, we will do our history. Let's go Okay, now this history day is difficult, and the reason that it's difficult is because of two of the things I'm going to mention in a moment, okay? Not yet, okay? It's Gobstopper Day for those that are Willy Wonka fans. It's Gobstopper Day, okay? It's also National Coloring Day. Never a good colorer. I am the—I was never good. I was— terrible at, at arts and crafts i was just absolutely bad okay can't you know it's like the radio i got a face for radio it's kind of how i was in arts and crafts okay here you go here's the two uh two of the big things ready today is eat a hoagie day okay right i mean how could you say no to a good hoagie you can't and then national cream filled donut day there you go, right? I mean, how can you beat that? I don't. I I just say you can't. You can't. And I I just am very surprised that when you and I got here today, that there weren't 
uh, hoagies and and cream filled donuts all over. We the are place. falling down in our celebrations. <laughs> we are failing in our. It's <laughs> really good. All right. Uh, this day in 1752, the British Empire adopted the Gregorian calendar, and they missed 11 days between September 2nd and September 14th. We'll just move on from that. Uh, Star Spangled Banner by Francis Scott Key. He wrote the poem that will become the national anthem. After seeing the American flag flying, he still did not write it in a good key. Not my problem. I didn't write the song. I'm just saying he could have done that in a different key. That's just everybody who's ever sang it, who's a professional. That's all of their opinions. <laughs> okay. Uh, for those that care, 2001 Nintendo GameCube came out. Uh, and then finally, and most people remember this, 1981, The People's Court with uh, Judge Joseph Wapner. Wapner. Yep. Wapner. 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 <laughs> Gotta watch Wapner. Gotta watch him. <laughs> okay. Uh, Judge Judy owes a lot to that guy. Uh, we have somebody ready to answer a trivia question. Send him on through. Knock, knock. This is David. Who am I talking to? Hey, David. Da, da, da. Hey, brother. How are you? Hey, this is Eric. Yeah, this is Eric. Uh, I, hey, I, I'm I doing know. fine, and I just was going to answer the trivia question. Well, I want you to. I didn't realize it was this <laughs> difficult of a question. We normally get a whole multitude of texts when people know, and uh, this one we got very few. So I was really kind of surprised. Which, like I said, we're going to have to work well, on our I, bibliology. You know, when I first was first thinking, of, I was I was thinking of a different number. I knew it wasn't very many. But I I didn't know exactly, so I had to look it up myself. So Aha! Uh, honesty, I love that. I love that you I love that you looked it up. You will never I still get the forget. prize though, right? I still yep. get the prize? Yep, yep. And and because you looked it up, Eric, you'll never ever forget. When somebody asks uh, I don't know you about this. that. You don't know me very well, do you? <laughs> Forget what, Dave? <laughs> what were we talking about? I forgot. All right, uh, here we go. The, the answer is uh, four chapters. That is correct, sir. You are correct, Amundo. So that's a bit important to understand. Colossians is four. Philippians is four. Galatians is six. Ephesians is six. I mean, you just got to go through the whole list and, and to know. And, and it's really not that important to know them all, except for when you know the addresses, it helps for when you're going through Scripture to know where things are and to kind of connect them. Ah, that's a very good point, because I have trouble with addresses. Yeah, and that's the big thing right there. So, And remember, it wasn't written with that, so technically you could have pulled out the, in the Greek, there were no chapters, and that would have actually been correct, uh, but chapters and verses were added later so that we could all go, uh, it's over here. (laughs) It's like, that's what happened. So, hey, love the show, David. Uh, appreciate pre- it. Appreciate you, brother. You're one of my best brothers, and I appreciate you. All right. You can have a great day and a great show. Thank right. you. Bye-bye. God bless you. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. All right. There's Eric giving out the answer. See, that's a tough one. People are like, huh? Huh? All right. We'll go a little extra on this one because this is really superbly, superbly. How do I say this right? Uh, superbly important, right? Here's the thing about your brain. I know that sounds so weird. (laughs) Yes, when God was passing out brains, David thought he said trains and said, I'll take the next one. Yes, I've heard. I've heard it. Okay. The idea that our minds get consumed with now 
is a is a difficulty. And when in the Second Timothy one seven says God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. That word "sound mind" in the Greek is sazfren. Okay, actually, I think it's sazfren. Some other people say it's sazren. Like, okay, whatever, sazfren. It means safe thinking. Thinking that is only based in the here and now is not safe thinking. What what does that mean? What do you mean that's not safe thinking? Matthew 6, 19 through 21 says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heavens where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And the Bible connects the heart and the mind. So before you say, well, my heart's on earth, but my mind's in heaven, it's like, eh, eh. okay, it's not how it works. Okay, it's with the with the mind and the heart and the mouth actually all work in conjunction in con, in connection to each other, uh, in in the capacity that you you perceive it in your mind, you believe it in your heart, you confess it with your mouth. This is all how that works, and that's why Jesus said, you know, uh, by your words will be justified, by your words will be condemned, because the words declare what's inside of us, and you can tell talking to somebody within. T- 10 minutes, if not two minutes, but 10 minutes, where their hearts and their minds are. And the goal that Scripture puts upon us is to get them out of the earth-only life. I know you have to pay the bills. I have to pay them, too. I know you have to drive safe. I have to drive safe, too. I know you have good meals and bad meals. I know you have good relationships and bad relationships. I understand every ounce of that. I don't deny one bit of that. I acknowledge that, and to a large degree, I embrace that. But I do not have to be consumed by that to the point that it takes away for me putting my heart and mind into the heavenlies to find the grace, the mercy of the kingdom of God reigning supreme in my life. I'm not required to be worldly to do this. I don't have to be a worldly person. And why that, I think why that is important is because in setting our minds and our hearts on things above, we are giving ourselves a freedom And by not doing that, we're keeping ourselves in a bondage. When you said yes to Jesus, you didn't say yes so you'd have a great 90 years. You said yes to spend eternity with God. Don't lose what you started this for. Get that? All right. We'll follow up on that when we get back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Can't stand the skill. Can't stand the shame. The David Spoon Experience. Verse 39. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught Philip away. The eunuch never saw him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Verse 40. Meanwhile, Philip found himself farther north at the city of Azotus. He preached the good news there and in every city along the way until he came to Caesarea. He was in Caesarea, by the way, for 20 years, which explains why he had the daughters. But here's what I want you to catch. While he was en route, he landed in the Azotus. 
However he got from point A to point B is amazing. We don't even know. But what he did was he preached the gospel in every city along the way until he came to his destination. And if you cannot recognize, that is a testimony from God saying you take the gospel wherever you go until you reach your destination, which is either you being called up to the Lord personally, corporately, or however it's going to take place. Every place we go— Everywhere we are, we take the gospel. That does not mean you grab a uh, a a you know microphone. It does not mean you grab some kind of uh, horn, bullhorn, and scream at people with the gospel. You just make sure that you are sensitive. That's the very DNA we talk about all the time. You're sensitive to the Lord. You're taking the gospel with you wherever you go. You're recognizing that wherever you go, you might have a one-time encounter with somebody, and they might make a decision for Jesus just based on that encounter. Noel and I had that exact thing happen on our way from San Diego to Rockwell, to Fate. And we met somebody at a, from a hotel that we were at and talked to them one time and prayed with her, and she became a Christian. And we never saw her again. It's not, it's not our call. It's up to the Lord. Just be available. You don't have to be that's the word I'm looking for. You don't have to be Billy Graham. Like I said, Billy Graham wasn't Billy Graham. In other words, just be yourself. Be available. You never know what the Lord will do and how he'll use that. Okay? That's what's so cool about this text. Now we finished up to chapter 8. Now Acts chapter 9 we're going into Saul. And that is some serious stuff. Here is the trivia question. What was the affliction of the woman who was touched uh, who touched the hem of Jesus's robe, and she had an issue with bleeding, an issue of blood, for uh, quite some time, as we know, 12 years, the issue of blood. That is what she sought the Lord for, and she touched him, and then Jesus healed her physically, socially, psychologically, and emotionally all together at one time. Isn't that cool? Jesus is cool. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas, where if you guys don't get this <laughs> trivia question, Jennifer's going to do the show tomorrow. Okay. <laughs> Just kidding. So you go, Jen. It's all on you. On the seventh day of creation, what did God do? Okay, there you go. Okay. Uh, you know, I got a bunch of people saying, yay, let's have her do the show. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> Thanks a lot, guys. All right, anyway, what am I, chop liver? Okay, that's a great line. Uh, 972-445-0770. That is the number to call if you know the answer. 214-210-8483. That's the number to text. David at he must increase.org is the email. On the seventh day of creation, what did God do? 
That is the question. We'll leave that right there. I'd like you guys to keep praying for Julianne and Jared is when I'm done with here. It'll be a little bit before I get to some of the texts because I will be uh, talking with Noel and with Julianne and just seeing what's going on. Uh, just so you can be aware of that. And I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Do, 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 do. Don't forget the schedule. This is going to be changing next week. And then don't forget to check out the website. There's stuff on the website. I mean, there's videos and there's places for, you know, to fill out forms for prayers and praise reports and all that stuff. Okay. All right. All right cool. All right. Here we go. We're going to set the trivia question up one more time. And then I'm going to go for the deep dive into the teach uh, on the seventh day of creation. What did God do? If you think you know, you can call 972-445-0770, text in 214-210-8483, or send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. So I ha though I haven't done a great job, I'm trying to do a good enough job for everybody to be encouraged, to be aware that looking at life does not necessitate that you don't look at it, but it does necessitate that you also open up that observation with a uh, perspective that includes faith. I mean, I'm not, nobody's saying you don't look at things. You just add something to that. Your circumstance can be dire. It can be wonderful. And in faith, you should be praising the Lord. It can be dire. And you should still be in faith praising the Lord, by the way. But the idea is that if you just look at things in this life, you will lose some of your, I don't want to say your, uh, you'll lose some of your steam and some of your strength unless you generate it, you know, kind of in a fake mode or whatever the case may be. Second Corinthians 4, 16 through 18 says, therefore, do not lose heart, though outwardly we're wasting away, yet inwardly we're being renewed day by day. There's no person who can deny that each and every day you live, you are getting one step closer to death on the human plane. Can't deny it. It's not deniable. All right. The idea is that instead of that being a drain or a losing heart, you you should be saying I'm one step closer to sitting next to or being next to Jesus in heaven. I mean, that would be the way you would approach that. But if you just look at in the natural, you think of your life as a television that plugs in and plugs out. Right. But life is more than a television and life, even though The Matrix was a great movie, it's more than a battery. Okay, And so what the scripture says is don't lose heart, though outwardly we're wasting away, yet inwardly we're being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So you can't even compare them, can't even put them on the same scale. Verse 18, so we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Well, how can you do that? Well, only by faith. How do you fix your eyes on something you can't see? By faith. You see by faith. So we fix our eyes on not on what is seen, but what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. This is God's nice way of saying, you see what you got going on there? You see all that stuff there? Poof, gone. What is your life? It's but a vapor. In the scheme of things, it ain't very long. And if you just live in this life and in this parameter of this 90 or 100 years, you're going to miss what the bus stop was all about. 
You'll miss it. Hebrews chapter, listen to this. This is where you get, you get to this. Not that I could teach you that, but you get to this and you understand this, you've, you've reached that point. Hebrews 11, 13 through 16. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting they were foreigners and strangers on earth. People who say such things show, show that they're looking for a country of their own. If they'd been thinking of the country they had left, they would have an opportunity to return there. But instead, they are longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. It is evident in Scripture, especially if you just— do a kind of a deep dive real quickly in, in Hebrews 11. With, without faith, it's impossible to please God, for those who come to God must believe that he is and a rewarder of those who seek him. It's impossible to miss this, that God, when people live their lives on earth with faith, is not ashamed to be called their God. God is pleased to be their God. But when people simply function in the only the here and now, they're missing it. It's not that you won't be used here and now, but you do it all with this vision or this sight or this perspective that says whatever happens here and now doesn't have the value of the new Jerusalem, the new heavens and the new earth, and a city whose streets are built with gold. It's like gold. It's like the gross, you know, in, in man's mind, gold, it's so valuable. What do you mean it's so valuable? It's our street. That's where we're playing kickball. I mean, it's like, <laughs> come on. And God is like, I love these people because they live their life past what the flesh is telling them. That's what the Lord's asking for. And how do you not just read that and go, yeah, I, you know, I am, say, I am saying to every one of you, because you're my brothers and sisters, I want to have that. I am a foreigner here, like on the planet. Like I am I am an alien just visiting and can't wait for the rest of the trip to begin. <laughs> it's like, what? You know, it's, I don't know if you guys have ever been to the airport when you got stuck somewhere and you're waiting to get to the next place. That's what this is. <laughs> this is stuck at the airport time. I want to get to the desert. Where are the Bahamas? Let's go. I mean, this is what I'm looking for. And the idea that we... Get caught now because it's so important now. We just we're just missing it. We're just missing, and then we're not walking by faith, and we're only walking by sight, and we're sucking the life out of us. And it's like I don't want to do that. Aren't you tired of that? I'm so tired of that. I mean, I do it a lot. I'm just tired of it. I'm tired of what it does to me. You know what I want? I want that. I want that thing in that dream that I had. I want that thing where. You know, the the angel of the Lord or the Lord himself sits down next to me and just explains, ah, you know what? Uh, I'm watching. I got you. I want that Christian living life. I want that understanding that it's 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 faith that pushes past everything you see and everything you feel. I don't I'm I, I am against stuffing or denying your feelings, but I am also against your feelings leading everything. That's not good either. Because when I eat a lot of tacos, I don't feel the love of God. <laughs> feel a few other things, but not the love of God. And so that's it's like, okay, 
can have feelings that just don't rule the roost. Do you get what I'm saying? So this whole thing is called saving your brains. <laughs> you think why? I don't know. Sounded good. Because we need to save our brains because the world will suck our brains away the way it is. Especially if we get caught up in the world and in the worldly. That'll just... I've never met a person in politics who wasn't mad. <laughs> Ever. Not doesn't matter what side. I know extreme liberals. They're really mad. I know extreme conservatives. They're really mad. Could you people just stop? Thank you. All right. Uh, trivia question. <laughs> on, this, on the seventh day of creation, what did God do? He rested. Now, did he rest because he needed to rest? Or did he rest because he was showing us an example? Bing, 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 B. Not A. He didn't need to rest. He was telling us, hey, you know what? In this journey, this whole thing, you know what, every once in a while? Sit down and rest. We'll close with this. Jesus feeds the multitude. You know what he told them to do before he fed it? Sit down. <laughs> Everybody sit down. Sit down. Take a seat. Relax. Okay. All right, folks, <laughs> you've been listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas, taking a 22-and-a-half-hour break. Then we'll come back. More Spoonanity and Insanity. Talk to you then. Just as I am, you reach down and see my the views expressed on the preceding program were those of the speakers and not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors.